welcome back to Turf Talk. My name's Lewis Tomlinson and the jump season is back. It's our season preview. We're recording this on Chepstow Eve. The excitement is through the roof. We're all waiting for Nigel Twiston Davis to climb down our chimneys and give us a big present from his lovely sack. <laughs> Jimmy, you've worked yourself up into such a state, haven't you? You're on your fourth bottle of Calpol of the night. Yeah. Like you've just been ridden by David Maxwell in the Velcapada Beacher. It'll all be alright though, mate. It'll all that's be one, all right. That's one of the best introductions you've ever given on this podcast. Yeah. And, well, and also, for, for a person that actually despises the phrase Christmas Eve Eve, um, like, what's the point of it? It's just two days before Christmas. But, um, we are. <laughs> I'm After that, Rant and it's October and there's already rumours of Christmas. Um, Cheltenham is ever so close now, um, and I've been getting slightly too excited for this time of year, um, which more than usual for a change. And um, the prospects that we saw last year that are going into this year, I, ca- I can't wait. And there's so many young up and coming prospects that could take on the older horses this year. Yeah, thank God the flat is over. What all the rubbish that we've had this year. It's not even Champions Day yet, and we're, and Batash, we're just saying it's over. <laughs> Batash didn't win. Her maiden nearly won the derby again. The best arc in decades. It went to some no-name slop lover from Deutschland. No worries, though, mate. It's all in the past. Proper stuff's back. Uh, like I said, James, Wat- James Watson's here. We'll also be talking with Matt Rennie for about an hour or so to probably decide what we all could say in the first 30, 30 seconds that Shishkin will win everything Honeysuckle will win everything Bob Ollinger will win everything and Willie will probably have one in the bumper uh, Matt how are we mate? Hello hello not too bad thank you how are you both? Hi grand grand as how are we Jim? Still here uh, still, still surviving we got through it we're all good. We're back on track. We can watch the superstars this year as well. Thank God in the winter, no, no being shackled up in the, in the warm houses. We can get out to the the wet, miserable days at market raising, which aren't so miserable after all. So can't wait for the jump season this time around. It'd be interesting to see if people who love racing as much as we do, like how happy they'll be actually being on course and being covered piss wet through it. Uh, hey, Doc, for the Betfair Chase meeting, for example. It'd be interesting to see if the enthusiasm's still there. Oh, I was so happy. When I went to Newmarket the other week, Jim, I was so happy that I hit about f- uh, 15 people. But I don't <laughs> think anyone noticed. I, I, I just love the fact that we're back on track and there's still people finding ways to complain, and I'm probably one of them. Yeah, come on, we'll run through. Uh the four, I guess, major divisions, the senior hurdlers, the senior chasers, novice hurdlers, novice chasers, in order. You'll also hear from a few of our friends. We've got the Turf Talk 12 back. We had our first horse given by Paul Taylor last week. If you haven't listened to our interview with him already, go back and listen to it. It was class to listen to uh, Paul talk about Lost in Translation and the rest of his team and his, his journey through racing. So go give that a listen if you haven't already. But we are going to look ahead. I know people say, oh, it's, don't talk about Cheltenham, it's October. No, it is what matters. And we're going to start with looking at the champion hurdle market. Honeysuckle is 2-1 to one to defend her crown, still unbeaten. You can get 12 for Bob Ollinger and appreciate it. Who, what, who I don't think are going to be a hurdling this season. 
12's Fernie Hollow, 14's Echoes in Rain, who Paul Taylor said he really liked. Epitont, 16's. Then you're looking at 20s for the likes of Charger, Quilixios, 25 to 1, and bigger the remainder. Uh, Jim, I'll come to you first here. Nothing beats Honeysuckle. Simple as. I I think I can just leave that there. You you saw what she did at Cheltenham in the Champion Erdland. She absolutely blitzed um, the best from Ireland and the best from England. And then she put up another great performance at at Punchestown in the Champion Hurdle over there. Uh, wasn't possibly as far as victory as, as what it was at Cheltenham, but uh, a fairly comfortable one in the end and beat everything that re- there really was to be beaten. Uh, and like Lewis said, going into this season for the champion hurdle, there doesn't seem to be an awful lot that he's staying over hurdles and there's not a lot that I think she should be worried about. I think Paul mentioned Echoes in Rain on the last pod. Um, she's a horse that I'm a, a big fan of as well and I think she's possibly the only main challenger towards her. Um, the form is questionable from um, Punchestown, maybe towards the back of the season. It's always odd to trust Punchestown form. But her wins at Fairy House were very impressive. Uh, and Nace beating Belfast Banter, who went on to be um, the Cheltenham Festival winner and an entry winner. Um, so there's bits and pieces of form that are strong there, but. Um, she's going to have to improve a fair amount to to reach the heights of Honeysuckle. Um, and two to one about her this year is, is probably as good as you're going to get because I, I doubt that she'll have a very normal preparation, very similar to last year. Um, probably start the season in the Hatton's Grace and then see where they go from there. And be interesting to see if she's still up to that level. I'm pretty sure she will. I'm sure there's a little bit more improvement to come and um, really basic at the beginning of the season that Honeysuckle is going to dominate this division. Yeah, Matt, surely you're not mentally enough to be against it. Even even at 2-1, to one, I say that as 2-1 to one as Honeysuckle turns up fit. Ah, sure. I think we're back on the old uh, Cheltenham Festival preview night here, aren't we, Laz? You know, we've got the, yeah. Hatton's, got the Hatton's Grace to come first, just to appease the other ones. If you want a prize on Honeysuckle for the Hatton's Grace, she's uh, going to be long odds on. I think you can bet on that. But look... Um, no, really, it's the simple answer. I think the more interesting parts will come from in the British division, really, because with Honeysuckle and, and Epitons, as, as much as very good mares they are, they're two contrasting personalities in Honeysuckle. is rock iron. She never has anything wrong with her, whereas Epitons seems to have these issues on quite more consistent basis. You know, we saw she had the, I think it was the kissing spines after... Um, losing her Christmas hurdle crown to, to Silver Street, who, who there in Britain will be there and thereabouts once again, as much as Evan Williams may not think so, but he, he will be there and thereabouts again. But Epitant, you know, she's got a lot to prove now coming into this season because we expected a, a, this, you know, this thrilling clash after she won the fighting fifth last year with Honeysuckle at Cheltenham in March and she, she just had her problems after then, I mean, she, it's highly doubtful, really, looking at the way she ran, that she was up to her brilliant best at both Cheltenham and Punchestown again, which I commend Nikki for actually going over there and, and challenging them at Punchestown. So that will be sort of an interesting division will be the, how the British ones fares up, because it's going to be, compared to the Irish, considerably substandard. Um, and on that sort of note, I wouldn't be shocked if we get a lot more Irish raiders in these sort of different, these fighting fifths, Christmas hurdles this year before Cheltenham. Um, for horses such as, you know, Jason the Militant, Aspire Tower, again, both of them, Henry de Bromhead, so he, he'll want to be keeping them apart as well. 
So there is a real chance, even not through Honeysuckle, that Ireland could just blitz this division. Um, the one nailed on bet, really, you've got in the hurdle division this year is uh, Charger to win the Matheson hurdle over Christmas. Yes, we love that. Up Charger, he is a good lad, isn't he? He is a good lad. Look, yeah, look, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything. People don't already know. Just, just the improvement Honeysuckle made again last season. Obviously, she remains unbeaten, and she was unbeaten at the end of her, you know, 2019-20 season. But there were flaws in the game, and De Bromhead's done such a good job of just ironing them out. You know, she's just gained half a yard of pace. She's more accurate at her hurdles. She, she's the full package, really, from two miles to two and a half. You know what? She'd probably win a grade one over three miles as well, wouldn't she, if, if they wanted her to. Uh, anything at bigger prices? I, I, I like that you mentioned, hopefully we'll see Irish horses coming over and trying to have a crack, crack at some of our, our British grade ones this season. Because if you look through the through the current anti-post markets, you, for the British uh, continent, you've got Epiton at 16s, the juvenile, well, the the four-year-old Mon Mural at 25s, and then the only other British horse, sub-42 on, is Boot Hill, who's ran twice in his life. And is going straight over fences as well, so he won't be going anywhere near that race. You see, that's mental. So, I, I love her. I love a little bit of a each-way swing at a, at a massive price anti-post. And I think this is a sort of race where maybe you could attack some. I backed Saldier each way at about 50s last season for the champion hurdle. He's 25 now, and he looks like he's he's on his way back to his best. But do you know what? The one that genuinely caught my eye, because if they come back down this route, given what he did on Sunday, is Milkwood at 80 to one. <laughs> How long have we been recording for now? Is is this about 10 minutes of Milkwood's already involved? But I, look, he, he, I think he's likely to. To be there, you know, to be there or thereabouts, maybe in the first four of a champion hurdle, than Boomerdale, who's half his price. You know, sure, I, look, look at the horses who were winning grade twos in Britain last season. Song for Someone won about 25 of them. Navajo Pass won one. I think he's better than both of them. So, you know, it's, it's not inconceivable that he might end up being like a, a horse that could go off for a champion hurdle if they just did decide to abort chasing. Uh, you know, that, that it could be maybe about 25 to 1 come March because he could well have won a, a champion hurdle trial or something like that. You know, like like Matt said, you know, Silver Streak is probably going to be there or thereabouts again in Britain. Uh, the other one who I looked at and I thought maybe I'd, I'd, I'd give half another go at was Zana here, who's the best price of 33 to 1. I was so taken with him in the first half of last season. Obviously, things didn't quite go to plan, but he very nearly won the grade one at Punchestown. You know, Jeff Kidder just saw him off. I, I think he's a better horse than we saw at, at the festival last season. Obviously, it's hard for five-year-olds who, who win the triumph anyway. You know, but th- this this is a very, very uh, weak sort of division away from the favourite. And it, it, I don't think it would take loads more for him to make the step up into a horse who, who could be seen as a fringe player again, given given how promising he was at the first half last year. You know, he, he'll he'll win graded races in Ireland again this season. Matt, is there anything anything else at a massive price you'd like to even mention to? 
I was just trying to think again, more of a sort of a who could step up to the plate from from Britain. Really, I've just got the supreme novices hurdle form in front of me now. I have my doubts about this form, given given how far I appreciate it was in front. He was he was in Gloucestershire. The other lads were still in Birmingham at the time. <sighs> You've got soaring glory who won a, a an ultra competitive Betfair hurdle. You know who that could sort of shape up into that mould. I think Metier's effort at Cheltenham was too bad to be true. Um, I, I don't know whether he's going over fences or 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 whatnot this season, but you're thinking of the people, especially from Britain, coming through. Like, where is that going to come from? You know, I, I don't think you can touch the five-year-olds this year as well, and, and that's completely understandable. I think the sooner people get that sort of into their heads rather than crabbing the five-year-olds, such as such as you know Goshen and, and whatnot, you know, give them a year to sort of materialise. People do need that. It's, it's almost like rabbit in the headlights for them essentially, um, compared to like novices. Novices can go novice, novice, novice hurdle, novice chasing, second novice company for two years, get that experience and then go into open company. Whereas it's not the same for, for the hurdlers. But, you know, I've always liked Adagio as well. And he, he may not may not deliver this year. But he, he might be able to deliver the, the next year. And, you know, it's just, he's going from there, really. You know, Goshen's got a hell of a, hell of a lot to prove now. I, I don't have a clue what you do with him. But uh, it's... It's interesting in Britain because there isn't that sort of standout. Maybe it's it's what we want. I I quite like it. You know that we're not going to have one person or one horse dominating the whole division. But geez, can you think of you know anyone that could possibly step up to the plate and go anywhere near challenging? Uh, maybe one, maybe one song for someone potentially could be there or thereabouts again. I don't know if they'll go to the champion hurdle with it, but it could mop up some of the grade twos again, like the international and, and stuff around the season. Goshen's the best price, 66-1 to win the champion hurdle this season. Imagine saying that this time last year. Imagine saying that in February after he won the Kingwell. Jim, one horse who we haven't mentioned yet, uh, the Cheltenham Festival winner is Qualixios, and he's staying over hurdles this season, as apparently is, is the other good juvenile on this side of the Irish scene, Mon Miral. What do you make of the pair of them? Could they end up being the main challengers to Honeysuckle? Yeah, I, I think Qualixios was benefited benefited at Cheltenham for, from an enterprising ride by Blackmore, as, as we saw throughout most of that week. Um, and I'm of the opinion this season that maybe he might step up in trip a little bit, um, maybe for a two-four. And, and Punches Town, he, it's not that he looks slow, but he's looked like that throughout all of the season. Last year, and maybe the step up for Quilixios is, is what he needs, and maybe two mile might be a little bit sharp for him. Um, and, and another four year old who I'm a bit of a fan of, and we we only saw him once last year in, winning a juvenile hurdle in, in Leopardstown very destructively was French Seal. Um, now for the Donnellys and uh, Willie Mullins and uh, former El Marie Holden and, and a, a decent performer in France. Um, Willie's given him a year to strengthen up a bit because apparently he was really, really weak. Um, and after that breathtaking performance at Leopardstown, I know I think a few flights were out that day due to low sum, but he he, he stretched clear um, 22 lengths by Coltor, and Coltor isn't wasn't exactly disgraced at Cheltenham last year. Fifth in the uh, Boodles and off a mark of one two seven, and I think there might be a little bit more progression to come from him this season but probably not as, as as high a level as this but French Seal's a horse I think he can get 50s around for him he's a horse I was very very taken with in that juvenile hurdle um, maybe stepping up this season 
a, a bit stronger. Like you said, sometimes the four-year-olds sometimes have a bit of a, a rabbit in the headlights moment, but um, he's not really had another chance to, to show his form yet. So I'm interested in French Seal at 50s if I'm looking for something to take on Honeysuckle. Whether he'll go this route, I don't know. But um, 50s for the champion, I might have a little nibble on. Fair enough, mate. That's all very fair. Shall we move over to the to the stayers now? You know, a very it's I, I, I like the staying hurdle brigade. I like how it's always kind of like a a group of misfits really, you know. How many how many horses who who run in the stayers hurdle will have that as a target at the start of the season? Half of them are failed chasers and half of them are horses who are slow too slow for two miles. But the favourite's an actual bona fide top class staying hurdler, Time Hill five to one, classical dreamy sixes, Black Tears Black Tears yeah, that is a name. I, I said that like I thought I'd said it wrong. But she is called Black Tears. Uh, she's ten to one. So's Florin Porter, as is Gallop on Deschamps, who might go over fences. Roxana's ret- retired, so take her out of your betting boil sports. Sixteens Concertista, Sire de Burley, twenties, a couple of horses who'll be going chasing. Beacon Edge's twenties, and so too is Champ. 25 to 1. Bar them, I'll throw this over to you first, Matt. Obviously, we missed Time Hill at the festival last season, but he was very good at entry. Yeah, big miss, big miss. But, um, you know, the one for me is Classical Dream. You know, the, the thing he did at Punchestown is just it's mesmerising, really, isn't it? To, to do that off such a layoff and and have a bit of a... People have a bit of a gamble on it as well. It's just things you love to see, really. Um, it was It was refreshing to see that the... There, there is an engine in there because we all hoped after that supreme win that there was an engine in there. Um, I think, I think Willie can play around with them a bit this year, really, because Punchestown three miles is a bit different to a Cheltenham three miles. You know, he could drop him back to two and a half, possibly even two at the start of the season before going up to there. He's got nothing to lose really because he's still in, in a way, he's trying to rebuild his reputation. Sort of, and the pressure's off of him now, so they can do whatever ever they want with him. Really, uh, last year's stayers I thought was a muddling race. I thought it was a cracking ride by Danny Mullins, really, and I think that sort of won won the race for. Him. I think every time Florian Porter's been one that he's been given an absolute peach of a ride, and you know, Time Hill sets the standard. He never lets you down, does he? Time Hill, he's a he's an absolute sort of warrior of a horse. He's a, he's a little he's a little terrier. He's not. He's not greatly built like some of the, the stouter horse, jumped horses we see, but by God, he fights. Um, and he'll be quite a big horse for Tom O'Brien this year, really, you know, in his in his role as stable jockey to, or number one jockey to Philip Hobbs now with, with Dickie retiring. So they'll, they'll want Time Hill to sort of really excel, but, you know, you can't get away from classical dream. Although I think his planning for his season might be quite difficult, really, because if he was to stay, Three miles. They're not going to come over for the long walk, probably. And the only other one then is the, is the Christmas hurdle at Leperstown. That's all very fair, mate. All very fair, Jim. I think on the very first preview show we ever did, which is four years ago now, which is a bit mental. I remember you put Draconian up for the champion hurdle, and he's not even ran since. Uh... <laughs> 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 nice to see things have continued. But you did put you did put Paisley Park up for the for the stayers hurdle at a mental price. So do it again. Um, well, I, I, Matt, I agree with what Matt said so far. I'm looking forward to seeing Time Hill. I was very taken by that entry performance. 
um, towards the end of last year and, and and very rightly talked about Tom O'Brien. He needs his horse to stand out and I think I think he gave him a very, very good ride in Tree to win that day. Um it's it's a the staying divisions are are often where I find the most value and I and I think um you can have the most fun because there's like Louis said then they're almost like dismissed as the rogues because they're not good enough they're not quick enough uh to be two mile hurdlers and they're not good enough to be chasers. So it, it's something that you can often just have a swipe with. Um this year nothing's really standing out to me. Uh Alan Philippe I think might be going chasing. He's a horse who I quite like last year, uh Fergal O'Brien and uh who's teamed up with the McPhersons now. Um but at the minute I think the market's got it roughly about right. I think Time Hill should be fives. If he goes there fit he will win. Um I, no no debate about that. Um nothing like like you you look at the Albert Bartler from last year, Vanillier um, although I strongly fancied him for that, he was disappointing later on, which is understandable. Sometimes it punches down form dips. Um, however, I don't feel like he will be challenging the stairs this year. I, I think the novices might struggle in this division. It's often the year where something comes through the handicaps and picks something up. Capadano, uh, I think is Willie Mullins's and JP McManus's. Uh, he picked up the handicap hurdle at Punchestown pretty impressively, if, if my mind sounds me right. Um, off, I think he was chucked in off a mark of one three two. I, I don't know what he's up to at the minute, but he's a sort that you can see progressing into this sort of division later on. I think he's around 25s, uh, Capadano. So he's one to keep an eye on to see what happens with this year. Um, Bear Gills, does anybody know what Bear Gills is doing this year? Not from my end, no. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we see him over. Well, I don't know actually. You know, he, he, his trainer Nikki Martin always last year, where she was saying he still needs the experience. So I wonder if another season over hurdles might just do him the world of good. Because that, yeah. that's what I thought. He was learning on the job even at Cheltenham last season. Yeah, and, and maybe another season over hurdles, and, and maybe this being the target towards it. Because I, I I don't think he's slow, but. I think sometimes he can be slightly one-paced, um, which may be a nice way of putting that. But he may be of interest in this if he brushes up and he's jumping. I, I, I'd I'd like to see him have another season over hurdles and then go chasing, um, just to sort of... He was very immature last year, and, and maybe in a bit stronger company he might mature a bit better. Um, fa- fascinating sort of race, and, and Time Hill, I'm hoping, can stamp his authority on the division and be injury free hey I'll, I'll throw one out which I think you know I'd love to see him up in trip I don't know about you guys but it's uh, Abacadabras that that was literally mm-hmm. what I was just going to mm-hmm. say Matt I think you know I think I think this could be the making of him really I think he's been underappreciated as well at two mile and, and two and a half for what, he's, for what he's achieved already the market doesn't really know where he stands because there's a lot of 16 to 1 around, but there's some places going 33s. They, they, they are worried of him, I think, and I, and I understand why. Again, I think, he, he, yeah, he's one of them you can play around with his season a little bit because he's so sort of hardy and astute, and he's not, obviously he's not the superstar that everyone thought he may have been at one point. And he, he's, a, well, don't get me wrong, he's a very, very good horse, but you could afford a disappointment with him in somewhat. So, you know, 
the Hatton's grace would be in his mind if he if he you know if he runs well in that then the Christmas hurdle goes goes to his option and if not you can drop him back down and trip for the Irish champion even if if so or or even take him to trials day at, at, at Cheltenham or something like that I think that's the beauty of, of this division really um, is that it's not exactly got the standout performers that we see in other divisions but it leads to these experiments that they can throw up throughout the season and to try and sort of hit the nail on the head. I really like like you've said that, Max. He was the one who caught my eye as well. Thirty-three to one available for him. Look, he's he's been acquitting himself really, really well in what is a a stronger division over shot, a good winner of the entry hurdle. I think he'll probably get free. I think I think he's sort of I think he's so hard to judge as a horse because he he's one of them that you hit the front and he stops like a Euro star going into the Channel Tunnel. He just just doesn't go. He's just. You know, so you don't know where his ceiling is yet, at yes, in in whatever distance it is. And you know, he seems like a bit of a tricky ride because we saw we saw with, with old Davy Russell, he got went there too soon at Cheltenham and got nabbed by Shishkin. Whereas Jack, it was, I think it was Jack on board at Aintree, gave him a yeah. sort of Petra ride and, and hit the front at the right time. So yeah, he's a and, and God rest his soul, he's a bit of a, a Lammy Sir 2.0 who could could really do well in this division. Yeah, of of the of the market leaders, I think I'd rather be with Time Hill than Classical Dreams, just because we've seen it more times with Time Hill at a point in difference. Classical Dreams being, you know, had had his issues. I'm not sure I'd trust him to get to Cheltenham as much as I would with Time Hill, even though Time Hill missed Cheltenham last season. I think, oh, you know, his overall body of form makes him the number one staying hurdler around at, at the minute. Florian Porter's a very, very hard horse to assess because I I wrote his win at Christmas off as a fluke. Didn't give him much of a chance. Thought, yeah, he slipped the field. Everyone else was asleep. Good ride. Then they pulled it off again at Cheltenham in a better race. And then I kind of started to buy it. And like Jim said, I'm not one to, I'm not one to, uh, read massively deep into Punchestown form I'll, I'll always be happier to forgive a horse for a bad run at Punchestown as I would be for one you know in, in November so I, again I, I wouldn't entirely rule him out it doesn't look it doesn't want to be loads though in Ireland apart from Classical Dream I can't see Black Tears running in you know what many of the the three mile or or a two and a half mile grade one grade twos you know, might turn up in the Hatton's Grace, but the likes of like the Liz, Liz Muller and the Galmoy and that, surely, surely they'll just stick it to mares races until Cheltenham. Uh, Sayada Burley's a horse I've never particularly taken to. No, I still won't take him either, but he'll still turn up at Cheltenham and, and do something no, no. quite wrong. And embarrass me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not a horse I've ever been a fan of, but you can't argue with his record at Cheltenham, to be fair. Just seems like a much superior horse than he is anywhere else. Uh, a couple of other horses I'd like to mention. First of all, one caught my eye, 50 to 1. We've seen, you know, successfully uh, several times in the past, horses reverting from fences to going and winning Stayers Hurdles. It was one season, and I think the Yearlies Nagar Oscar won it. How many of the first few home were, were failed chases and began the season over fences. Liz Nagar Oscar won it. Ronald Punt was second. He did Bacardi's, Emmy Tom, Somerville boy. So the first five home were all horses who had a go over fences and come back hurdling because it, they weren't as good. 
Latest exhibition might be a hard horse to place this year. I think he's on quite a nice mark currently, in really low 150s. I'd love to see him brought over for the Ladbrokes Trophy if they wanted to do that. But if he if he won that or ran well with it, I'm I'm not really sure where they'd go with him. And he's the sort of horse who might, you know, be beaten in a couple of Grade Ones over fences, run respectably enough in a Grade Two, and then it kind of gets to February and connections think, what's our best chance of winning a race at the festival? And they look at the stayers hurdle and they think it'll be that. They didn't even turn up last year because they knew they weren't going to win. So it's not like they, they're ones to stick to long-term plans. Uh, and I'm going to say the same thing as I said last season. I don't even know where the horse is. But carefully selected can't jump a fence. He's a better hurdler, he's a better hurdler than he is a chaser. He's slow, he's slow as a bolt. If he comes back this season, run him over hurdles and target him at this. If he's got the same level of ability, it'd be a shout. But again, he's not, no one's seen him for 18 months and he's not priced up. So... That that's the wildest thing I'll say in a long time. Uh, Santini's forty to one. Oh, you beat me to it. Oh, just a, as soon as you said a chaser reverted back over hurdles at around forty to one or fifty to one, I thought he's not going to say it, is he? He's not going to say it, and you did. Um, Santini, what do you do with him now with Polly Grundy? Is that right? Yeah, well, Jim, I'm going to come to Sant. I'm going to ask you for a Santini lowdown uh, later later in the pod, Jim. I'll come to you with him there. My old, my turf talk twelve horse from last season, Brinkley, is fifty to one as well. Nice to see him in the stairs hurdle market after I put him up in the one twenties for my horse to follow last year. That's good. Anything else you'd like to mention on this big Jim? No, I think that's it. Like your standard, like you said earlier on, horses that went chasing that reverted back over the hurdles. I wasn't necessarily impressed with the bosses Oscars movement over fences, um, being a bit of a attempt plot job for the last couple of years and. We've seen that form isn't that normally that far off between these two races, and you can get forties around him. He was uh, rating the races Liam's uh, horse to follow last year. Um, I, I think maybe if they decide to go back over hurdles with him, maybe this might be a, a decent idea. And forties, forties isn't a price I can put you off. Oh, else from you, Matt. Uh, not for me. The if could you imagine if Santini, Fakira, Duffelcoat, and Fury Road all turned up in the stairs hurdle or any other race? It probably would be the slowest race in the world. <laughs> um, not not for me. His division. I'll, I'll touch on latest exhibition a, a, li- a little bit later on. Obviously, he's, he was my. I, I really do like the horse, and he was my one of my. He was my turf talk horse to follow last year, and I'm still gonna sort of stick by him. I think in in some thing, instances this year, but. Uh, no, I think Bear Gills is a really interesting mention. I'd uh, I'd, I'd be interested to see where he goes. Obviously, his owners won the the long distance hurdle with um, what's it called, Beer Goggles, a couple of seasons ago. So I, I I wonder if they'll just go back there and see if he's uh, made for hurdling and see if he's he's up to the task. But no, in, again, interesting division without a standout star, and quite frankly, that's some of the variety we need this season. Yeah, they do well. They do well. We stay in hurdlers. Uh... Those connections of Bear Gills. They had they had Sykes, who was a right good tough staying handicap hurdler for a for a good couple of seasons a few years ago as well. That's it for the senior hurdlers. So now it's time to find out who two more of our members of the Turf Top Twelve are this season. We've got our picks from our friend at rating the races, Liam Dye, and my at the races colleague James Flaherty. My Turf Talk podcast horse to follow this season is Southfield Harvest for Paul Nichols. 
I was keen on him last year for the Potemps final, but he was withdrawn on the day. I thought he was interesting for the Potemps final, having followed a very similar route to Southfield Theatre, who were both out of Chamos Royale. Southfield Theatre, as we know, finished second in the Potemps final that day behind Fingal Bay. Southfield Harvest has already won over fences in May, over just shy of three mile two furlongs, and that suggests to me he's going to be a staying handicap chaser rather than being aimed at the RSA, like Southfield Theatre was. I think Southfield Harvest will be one of those horses who keeps popping up in races like the Badger Beers, the Bet365 Gold Cup, Ladbroke Trophy, and even a Welsh or Scottish National. His jumping at wasn't great initially at Newton Abbott, but he warmed up as the race went on, and has surely been schooling lots since. Even at this early stage of his career, it would be no surprise to me if he turned up in this year's Badger Beers Silver Trophy, hence why they ran him over fences way back in May to get some experience into him. Hi lads, my horse to follow for the national hunt season is the Gossiper. Now, I'm a huge fan of Emmett Mullins. I think he's a brilliant trainer, but I think he's equally as good at placing his horses. He just seems to find the right race for them. And that is just as important as the ability to train them, in my opinion. In relation to this horse, he won on race course debut in a bumper at Wexford in March, the week before Cheltenham. And he was quite impressive there. And then he went to Aintree and disappointed. He subsequently ran poorly in a Tipperary. But I think he's turned the corner in his last two starts. He won it down Royal in a bumper in a race that the farm has worked out quite well. And then the race that where he really came to prominence was the bumper win in Galway when I thought he was really impressive. He beat one of Willie's and it, there was a couple of decent yardsticks in that contest. And I thought he was in a different league to them, to be honest. And I presume they'll go hurling with him without waiting too much longer. And I think this horse can have a big season. I think he's certainly capable of winning a maiden hurdle. And I think he can progress through the novice hurdle ranks. And he is one to follow for the season, the gossiper from the Emmett Mullins stable. Thanks to Liam and James for getting involved again this season. Now it's time to talk about the senior chasers. Looking at all three markets at once, the champion chase, we've got Shishkin at 7-4 to four to beat Energamine at 5, Shakun Poswar at 6, Grenatine's 14, so he's put the kettle on, Alaho's 16, 20 for Captain Guinness, Onvar Len, First Flow, 25 Nubi Negra, and 33-1 to one for a fair amount of bigger price horses, including the mighty All Mankind, who's back out at Chepstow this weekend, over hurdles. That bastard Sky Pirates, 40-1 to 1 for the champion chase. How have we let that happen? I backed him in a Kim Muir. The Ryanair prices, Alaho, 9-2 favourite to repeat the dose. 8 Shishkin, 9's Aflutar, 12's Inerjameen and Fakir Dudari, 14's Envoir Len, same price Janadil, then 20's the Chantry House, Grenatine, and 25 to 1, bigger the remainder. And going down for the blue ribbon of the season, the Cheltenham Gold Cup, Milan Alorindo is 6, as Aflutar is 10s, Chantry House is 14, so is Envoir Len, 20 to 1, Album Photo, Champ, Shishkin, 25s, Alaho, Delta Work, 33 to 1, Energy Mean, and then again 40 to 1, bar the remainder. Matt, I guess we'll start over two miles, mate. Shiskin versus Inergamine, we didn't get it this season, but 
I mean, if it takes place in the champion chase, that's going to be the clash of the year. <laughs> it's a it's it's a big if as we know these days. Yeah, look, it, it will it will be a big one. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Willie campaigns them. I wonder if Energhami will come over here first before if he's got obviously Shaq and Portsois will probably go to his usual stomping ground of Cork first, then back to Leopardstown twice before before Cheltenham. Um, and I'm sure he'll be wanting to keep Energhami separate from him. I could see him coming over here for. Like they did with Underso becoming their sort of their Tingle Creek and Clarence House chase beforehand. So we may we may not even have to wait till Cheltenham for a clash between Energamine and Shiskin and, and hopefully just, just before my before my real times are in racing, but we could see it as sort of a, a Zerty up and Moscow flyer sort of ding dong battles where one might get on top of each other one time and the other then defeats them in an absolute classic the next time. That would be sort of the dream scenario really. Um it's Granity, and I don't know what on earth he's doing at that price, really, from being brutally honest. He ran a, an okay race at the Champion Chase last year and, and won a quite a poor celebration whoa. chase. In, whoa, in, whoa, whoa. You know, they, Altior, it was, you know, Altior was on the back with Wayne then, put the kettle on, was obviously, she, she'd obviously put the kettle on and not bothered to turn up to, to stand down on that occasion. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's so exciting, the two year uh, the, the Champion Chase division. Um, Chuck and very much an interesting horse. I think people have got the views about him. My view is I wasn't that impressed with his, his willingness in a battle up the Cheltenham Hill. Um, and I'm, I, you know, I think he's an absolute cracking horse. I think at Cheltenham, whether it be in the Schler or the Champion Chase, you know, put the castle on is, is such a, such a, a lovable mare for what she can do. Maybe it's me talking out of my pocket given I won the Champion Chase in her last year as one of my, one of my, Bigger wages for the for the festival, but you know she she turns up at Cheltenham when you need her to. If and she if there was anyone to upset the apple cart, it would it would probably be her. But if I'm being brutal and uh, you always come on a podcast and don't want to sit on the fence, but I I can't split Shiskin and Nergamin, and I just love it if one of them wins on one occasion and then the other wins on the other. So it's just this sort of bouts we get so so excited for every time they turn up against each other, providing. Ergamine doesn't get injured. Yeah, I hope they only clash at Cheltenham. I know people go, oh, we want to see good horses have a go at each other earlier in the season. Who cares about Wilder against Fury Free? I agree, Lewis. I'm I'm with you. I'm I, I think I'd rather see the big battle at Cheltenham rather than like you said, like who genuinely cares about this trilogy fight of, of Tyson Fury's? And uh, I'd much rather maybe because it's so obvious with the Fury one, but maybe Shishkin and Nergamine, there isn't an awful lot between them, but I'd rather see them battle it out with Cheltenham. Who would you be with at the minute, Jim? Well, uh, who who would you be with in terms of who do you think is a likely champion chase winner? Shishkin. Shishkin is, in my opinion, I think Shishkin's a better horse than Nergamine. Um, but he's a better bet at 5-1. to one. Not if he loses. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Um <laughs> The thing, the thing with Shishkin is, uh, he has over fences. He's only faced a small amount of rivals in in, in little sort of races, and, and normally in the two mile division, that's sort of what it is already. Um, the five runner fields, four four runner fields, and I think that it, he's not gained as much of the experience as I'd liked. And I, I wasn't necessarily a fan of what he did at Aintree. Um, maybe Cheltenham had took a bit out of him. I, I know it was. Possibly disappointed in the end with all mankind not showing his probably his best foot uh, forward, but 
I'm, I think Shishkin's a, a very, very good horse, and I'm possibly slightly warm to him more than I did when Altior was uh, in his pomp. And I, I, I think that centre four could be an absolute steal of a price come, come Cheltenham because not that I'm not sold with Energamine, I just feel like I could possibly poke more holes in him um, than. Shiskin at this moment in time. Shakun Poswa, I am not worried about whatsoever. He, he will have a, a a very successful career in Ireland, just plodding around in, at Cork, as, as Matt's already mentioned. But on the big day, he will not be anywhere near Shiskin or Ergamine in, in that case. Uh, and Matt quite simply dismissed Grenatine. I, I, I think Grenatine was awfully unlucky. Um, like Matt talks about pocket talking. Um, maybe I was pocket-talking from that champion chase. He, he got cut up at a, an awful stage. I think it was by St. Calvados, nearly down on the deck. Lost it, lost all momentum, rallied up the hill, and, uh, and I thought he won cracking. And we're, we're probably going to move on to it in a minute, but I wouldn't be surprised this season if Grenatine steps up in trip for the Ryanair distance. I think he's still a young horse, still progressing nicely. And I know he, he won the, the beating LTR at Sandown. I feel like the step up in trip this year could find even more improvement in him, and, and we'll probably move on to him later. But I think I think he could be more of a horse for the Ryanair personally. I'm going to stick up for Shakun Passwa because I think if Shishkin and Inergamine didn't exist, I'd be very very keen on him for the champion chase. I'd rather back him at sixes to win the champion chase again than I would back put the kale on at fourteens. I don't. I think it was an off day. I don't think he has a problem with Cheltenham. Well. I can't say that he might, be, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm I, I, I'm not dead certain that Cheltenham is the issue because he he goes at Leopardstown so well, and that's a a stiff, stiff, stiff finish. He wasn't a mile off winning the race last season. We know at his best, he's a vastly superior horse to put the kettle on. Look, he's been the best chaser in Britain or Ireland for the past two seasons, but by my money, uh, and I can forg- I can forgive any horse one bad run. And yeah, of course it was it wasn't near his best. But it still wasn't that bad. He was third in a champion chase. He's a better horse than the two who finished ahead of him. I, I am not I am not anti Shackham Poswa. I am not on the I am not in the Shackham Poswa doesn't like Cheltenham camp just yet. If he flops again, fair enough. I think it's insane not to be. But I'd be happy enough to give him another go because I just think his his finishing effort was a bit flat. And I'm not sure whether that was down to the hill. It seemed like that before they started climbing and climbing, before the you know it got into the serious bit. Uh, Inergamine scares me. He scared me all the last season. I, I had a fair amount on on Shishkin Antipos for the article, and uh, it, it it was a it was a relief when he didn't turn up. It was an even bigger relief to see him go at Punchestown and absolutely batter people because I like seeing class horses do the stuff. He's a tremendously exciting. I'd I'd like to see, I don't know well obviously they're going to have to have a crack at him with this but if if they didn't have Alaho would he be a Ryanair horse this year or are they doing what they did with Aplutar to Alaho going to go go cup for him this year and, and save that for Envoy Allen oh I don't know I don't know no I, I think they'd be likelier to let Alaho Try and win the Ryanair again and turn on violin into a gold cup horse. What do you think on that, Matt? 
it's an interesting dilemma they've got really because I think out of the trio of them that Aplutar is still the best. Um, I think Aplutar, you know, we'll talk about him probably in a bit, but he's, you know, he's a fantastic course and I think you'd be wrong if they didn't keep him up at, for another crack at the Gold Cup after such a, an admirable and brave effort last year. It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it really? I think they, they sort of tried and tested it, didn't they? At, at Punchertown with Alaho, I mean, it wasn't a very good hour or so for, for the Cheesley Park lot with, with that envoy Allen being pulled up as well. So it's, it's kind of put the, the spanner in the works. They probably did have that sort of mentality then that if Alaho could run really well against Shacken in the, in the Punchertown Championship, that they would keep him at two miles for this season, which would pave the way nicely for envoy Allen had he ran respectably in the, in the, in the, in the champion novice chase. So, it's it's an interesting one that one. There's a few tools that need to be in, and, to, and sort of nuts and bolts that need to be screwed in to see where they're going to go yet because it's kind of been thrown up in the air by what happened at Punchestown. But oh, I don't know. Al- Alaho never struck me as a sort of a, a two miler. He's not a horse I've ever really particularly warmed to really because he sometimes just looks a bit sort of tardy. I think is probably the word. But then he goes and does something like he did in the in the Ryanair, which. I don't know how the, the form, you know, you've got Faki Dudarese, won a grade one since, fair play, but, you know, there was a lot of disappointments in that race at the same time. It's a, it's, it is a difficult one, that one. It is, there's plenty of cra- clouds left over and, you know, not probably not the greatest for a, for a blooming preview show when you're trying to get those ideas out there, but, yeah, you really don't know after where, where they're going to go after their first runs. I wonder if the... I wonder if Aloe, they'll, they'll find more out about him. I wonder if they'll go for the Clonmel Oil chase and that might just sort of set a tone for the season or something like that and where they're going to keep him. Probably not two miles, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd agree with that, mate. I think I'd agree. Uh, surely the worst, the worst bet in the Cheltenham anti-post markets in this race, Unibet. I know they own and train the horse, but Unibet had 33 to 1 for Boover Dare to win the champion chase. <laughs> Um, wasn't Altior still in the betting from anyone else on? Yeah, he's the, thirty-three to one. He's thirty-three to one. Also with uh, his owner and trainer Unibet. <laughs> you, can get, you can get sixty-six is about Moscow Flyer and flags your poor eyes if you dig deep enough. <laughs> <laughs> love that. We lump on, boys. We lump on. Uh, before we move move away from the champion chase. Uh, Matt, do you just want to give a quick word to all mankind because he's one of my favourite horses in training. What would you do with him this season, number one? Because he, he tried two and a half miles and it, and it worked to air. But number two, can he win a grade one at Open Company? I'd love it if he could. I'd love it. I love it that you've come to me as well because he's one of my favourite horses in training. And, and I thought Dan campaigned him exceptionally well last year and was rewarded for bravery by stepping him up to, to two, mar- two and a half miles on not necessarily the flattest course in the world where we all thought he was a, a flat track bully and he, but he still went and did exactly what we thought all mankind could do in a, in a, in a different, in a different sort of sphere. Look, I, I wouldn't be going to Cheltenham with him if I'm, if I'm being brutally honest. I just wouldn't go to Cheltenham with him at all. You know, there's, there's plenty more opportunities there for him around that seat, around the season. You know, it's, it's interesting how, Dan's got such a good hand this year. They're having to start in a in a handicap hurdle for him at the, uh, the uh, on Saturday, which is going to be fantastic because they want Protector Act to go to the to the old Rome. Whereas you know, I thought the old Rome was an I think Aintree is an absolutely course that's tailor made for him. If you want him to be at, at his element, you know, 
rolling along, revving the engine up in front, just just freewheeling essentially. We've seen front runners in in those races like the old Roan and, and the Melling Chase in the past. You know, Min's demolition job sticks to the mind of, of what he did from the front that day. It's just he was, was freakish and all mankind. I'm not saying he's he's like Min and, and freakish, but he's got freak like tendencies about him. You know, I'd be going there. Playing, playing on the speed and, and the flat pedigree he's got, you know, they're, you know, they're going to start Nube Negra in the in the desert orchid again. I think was 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 what they were saying. So whether Dan wants them to clash, who knows? All mankind, you know, he's won at Sandown as well. They'll get, they might go to the Tingle Creek. You, you, they can have a lot of fun with all mankind this year. You know, the Ascot Chase might even be on the radar at some point. Even you know, a place like Newby could try him in the Denver, step him up to three miles. See, let's see what all mankind. Can can fruit loop from the front really, but if it was me with him, Cheltenham would be off the cards, and I'd be doing everything I could to get him primed for for the Melling at Aintree, where he could be he could have everything completely in his favour there, and possibly face some rivals who might not be as, as race fit and still battle weary from Cheltenham. It's interesting you you make that point, Matt, because he has never run at Aintree before, which. Mm. Like, like you said, he's. I think he's tailor made for injury. I, I've never been the biggest fan of him, but you, you feel like he's been labelled this flat track bully, even though he has run at, at most places. And injury, you think it will be one of his main targets, but you tend to see skeletons horses at the end of the season aimed at air, and, and that was the plan that last year. Um, I, 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 I agree with that. You can have a bit of fun with him this year, maybe even stepping up to three and see what happens. He might even have the speed for a King George. Can't believe I'm saying that, but you know, Kempton is a far, yeah. fast track. Yeah, it's really fast, but it's three miles track for any distance. You know, it's maybe it might even yeah, it still is unfair really saying that he might even excel at, at the sort of flat tracks. But we saw what he could do at Warwick this season. I think the the one where he would be, he needs to iron out that absolute. He's got a clanger in he. Well, not not a clanger necessarily. He gets he can he's so smart he can fiddle his feet. But in open company, you know, what we saw he didn't do at the second last or, or last at Warwick in the Kingmaker last year, he's not going to get away with it now. You know, the rivals will pounce on him if he does make on the mistake like that. Yeah, the, the King George is something that certainly interests me. Um, you, you saw horses in it last year that um, were just, were clear, wouldn't normally stay three miles, but they did. And, and, and when the ground's rattling fast, yeah. It suits them sort of horses to be running. You get $40 on mankind for the King George. Yeah, I, I, I love the horse to bits. He's, he's only ever been beaten at Cheltenham since he's gone jumping. You know, so I can see why why you wouldn't want to take him there. Look, in a match race anywhere other than Cheltenham, I'd have him to beat Put the Kettle on. I think he's I think he's that good. I think he'd have won the last... Well, before Shishkin, I think he'd have won the last two articles. I think he's better than Put the Kettle on. He's definitely better than Duke de Geneva. And uh, he is only five. That's, that's the also key part. There, there yeah. could still be a lot of progressions come from. Watch him fail to beat a horse home at Chepso on Saturday. Now we've all said nice things about him. Sagar uh, also fifty to one for some reason with Unibet. Uh, ignore, ignore all mankind's first run of the season. It's always a bit of a clanger. So ignore it. It's whatever happens Saturday. Enjoy the Fruit Loop. Come on, come on, the boy, uh, the Ryanair. He said, Alaho's 9-2 favourite again. Shishkin's 8, but he won't turn up. Aplutar's 9, surely he won't come either. And Ergamine's 12. I'd be interested to see whether he'd go there. I like Fakir Dudery. 
as well at 12 to 1, but he did have his ass handed to him by Alaho in the race last season. The, the Ryanair is always a, hot, a, a tough race to have a strong opinion in anti post. Like you, Matt, I have never taken to Alaho. The first time I was ever impressed by him was when he won the Kinlock Bray. Before that, I kind of had him, I'd said he needed a Ryanair for the Ryanair in the fact that I didn't think he'd be quick enough for a Ryanair, but I didn't think he would, he'd stay well enough for a Gold Cup. I kind of thought he was in in the never zone of the never zone. And uh, he's, I just thought I've never taken to. So obviously he made me look silly and put up the performance of the festival in winning the race last season. I don't really see any reason why he can't do it again. But like I said, he's just a horse I always want to have a go at. So I want to look elsewhere. Is there anything obvious for you, mate? From from my end, oh, no. Again, it's one of them divisions that's not gonna that won't really shape up till towards towards the end of the season. Really, I think there's not a lot of reliability about a lot a lot of two and a half mile milers form. Maybe maybe this year's the one year that the Paddy Power Gold Cup, which is rightfully called again, might throw up a you know an Imperial Commander esque sort of horse. You know, I think. If I was to, put, to pick one, it would probably still be Fakir Duderi, given he's only six and, and what he's achieved so far. But you're looking at the form of the Ryanair from last year. Jesus, it's, 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 it's a bit, yeah, iffy to say the least. Imperial Aura, you know, had, he, he's on a retrieval mission. He, he'll be going, I'm guessing he'll be going back to Ascot for the, for the, for the 1965 chase again and see what he can and do there. But, you know, you, you wouldn't even be shocked if Bloody Melon could run a storm or somewhere, would you? So it's a, it's, it's, it's a tough one to put a, to put a gauge on and just thinking of the, you know, you think back to the Mars chase last year from what we saw. It's, it's not much form really in, in that part, bar MVLM falling that, that really strikes a chord with me. Protector app could be really interesting. I, I think, I don't know, again, I, I think they might be going old Rome then Paddy Power Gold Cup with him if I think potentially it's just a, not my word. Don't, don't know one, no one shoot the bullet at me for, for that. But you know, he won at, won at Cheltenham's November meeting last year in, in really impressive fashion. A race like the Paddy Power might be tailor-made for him. And, and you could see him from what he achieved over fences last season in the end just to, to finding his way again. He, he he could step up into sort of that Ryanair chase mould sort, sort of horse. You know, he got he got lost for a little bit during the season, mainly through stuff that wasn't particularly his fault. So bar those two, two blips, he did absolutely nothing wrong all season last year. And, he could just sort of stake a target, really. It's going to be, you know, it's a skeleton horse again. It's going to be a really big season for Dan, and he, he'll be wanting to get these right and, and on the money straight away. And, and Protector at might might just be able to do that at sort of. I can't think what price he is at the moment, but yeah, it's, a, it's it's an odd one. I don't know what you guys think. Twenty five is about Protector at. God, lump on then. <laughs> I have a bit of a thing with him going left handed. I'm not sure. His grade one did come round a left-handed trap, though. It's just, just the that's the the difficult part. You never know how. Then again, you never know how strong or how well that that manifesto ever sort of stacks, really, compared to in the future. You know, Flying Angel even managed to win at some point. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I, I mentioned the chances of Grenadine uh, in the champion chase, but twenties for the Ryanair might be something that interests me now. I, I'm probably backing for both. I, I've been a big fan of this horse for a long, long time, and, and listeners will know uh, how much. I do think he, he is a good animal and, and I think he w- will progress even more this season. Um, like I said earlier on, I thought he ran a cracker in the in the champion chase and he, he put Altior to, to bed at, uh, at the Sandown and I feel like another season on his back and more progression. Still a very young horse. There's, there's quite a bit more to come from him. Uh, does anyone know anything about Angel's breath? Uh, that that was going to be one of my points, Jim. I really liked what he did as a chaser. Because I, you look at it, and I know, I know he's he's not got an awful lot of chasing experience, but on his on his chase, he started beat first floor, uh, and 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 I know that sometimes I don't maybe the fact that we haven't seen him often, he's, he's been completely forgotten about. But Nicky Henderson can. Spring horses back to life like this, and uh, and I think Angel's breath it was a serious serious injury from what from what I've read, um, and that we're lucky to still have him. And if he is still in training, and which I think he is, I think I think, he, I think it might be second half of the season sort of job. Yeah, which uh, they said I think it, it was about Christmas. He got, the injury came out, and he said it was going to take a year. So maybe we'll see him towards the end of the season, and, and they could even. It's not like Nicky to chuck one in at Punchestown later on to have a party. Um, maybe something like that. But I, he's a horse I've got a lot of time for this season and, and, and be interested to see how he's campaigned. Of course, his two chase starts were at Ascot. Um, maybe, with Matt saying that, maybe the Ascot chase might come possibly too soon and, and needs a slight bit more chasing experience. But he's an interesting one for me. Yeah. I, I like the horse as well, Jim. I don't think I could back him until I knew knew how he was. But yeah, yeah, yeah. he's forty to one. But I'm I'm glad you've mentioned him. Uh, two more, I'd I'd give a shout to at a bigger price. Like I say, Alahol's the right favourite, just in terms of I, I don't think there's any obvious blatant opposition. Fakir Dudari is a right second favourite. I have a lot of time for that horse. Uh, two more though, stepping out of novice company. Into senior chasing, both fell on the last start. Esquire the Romes twenty-five to one. I think he would have beaten the Marsh winner, Chantry House at Aintree. Really liked everything he did over fences. To be fair, last season his only defeat came at the hands of Royal Pagai, who turned out to be a little bit of a, a handicap blot himself. He's a best price twenty-five to one. Right? Esquire the Rome. I, look, I think he's a, a, an open graded level chaser. Wouldn't be surprised if he was, you know, the sort of horse that was winning Ascot chasers this season and Alar is 50s obviously that's a little bit more of a swing because he's so inexperienced but there's a hell of a lot of talent in there if he can properly manifest it and and you know have a bit of a run with it this season he's sort of he's another sort of horse who I can see being being a fair amount short of come the festival I put them up because they're, they're kind of the two that I look at and I think they're the ones with potential. You know, I think we know how good the likes of Chatham Street lad is. We know how good Dashwell Drasher is, etc, etc. Espadorome and Alar might all have a little bit more to come from them this season. Uh, I went a bit Roy Hodgson there, didn't I? Espadorome. Uh, but, but we move... Uh, I love how Matt's come up, uh, done Cheltenham's marketing department's job for him as well, haven't you? 
come come to Cheltenham on the on the Thursday, even Mellon could win. <laughs> <laughs> Show you how classy the Thursday is now. Get it down to three days again. The Cheltenham Festival should go on for as long as it takes for Min to, sorry for Mellon to win a race. That's what I've always said. Uh, the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Minella Rindo, 6-1, as we said. 10's Aplutar, 14's Chantry House. Same price on Voir Allen. 20's Album Photo, Champ and Shishkin. Uh, obviously no Monkfish, which has ruined everything for me. Because uh, he'd have beat Minella Rindo. You don't take punches town form, literally, do we? But, Jim, to be fair, you're, you're a big Minella Rindo fan and he was a very, very good winner of the race last season. As much as I'm a massive Manila indoor fan, I have never been on the right side of him winning the Cheltenham Festival race. <laughs> um, I was, I'd, I'd completely ignored him in last year's Gold Cup, and what an absolute fool I was. Um, I, I, the, we had the champ and Manila indoor rivalry for the whole of the novice campaign, and I have I've genuinely never been so down on a race course ever. Um, and you only brought him up just to bring back flashbacks. But the the Gold Cup was, I think the race played into his hands. And I, I don't think he was fortunate to win it. He was quite clearly the best horse on the day. But I feel like Aplutar, given the gap at the right time, maybe he might not have gone through it. Maybe he would. But maybe I, I took out the race that, I thought Aplutar was possibly better than him, even though he'd, he'd um, been beaten in. Uh, uh, Manila Indoors was it was a funny sort of season last year because when he come out in that in that Northern Grade Two, and I know it was nothing, I thought, Christ, he looks tubby as anything, and he still brushed aside the field. His jumping was scratchy in the Savills, which saw him fall again, and it was scratchy again in the Irish Gold Cup. Um, it, it, it was foot perfect in the Gold Cup, which it needed to be. He's, he's a tricky horse to sort of put a, a mark on. I can understand why he's favourite, but I'm more than likely going to take him on. Who with then, Jim? That is a very good question because it, it, it's, it's the it's the Cheesley Park question mark again. Like Envoy Allen is probably. I'm leaning to the fact that he should go for the Ryanair, but there's a lot of money for him for the Gold Cup. Um, Aplutar deserves his place at this level, and I think he should have won last year's Gold Cup, given a different ride. Um, I mean, I like to look for something at bigger prices, most people uh, people know. Um, Castleborn West is a horse I'm expecting to progress a bit more um, last season. Uh, this season, I mean, last season he won the Paddy Power Chase. There's about ten Paddy Power Chases in in Ireland, but towards Christmas time, and he beat Manila Times. He beat Far Class. We know Manila Times come out and won the Grand National since Far Class has been a, a a solid chaser. He was second in the Paddy Power, bumping into uh, the Shunter, and Lewis has been tipping him for the whole of the eternity of his lifetime. Um. But Castleborn West found so much progression, progression when stepping up to three miles over fences. Um, he's still fairly lightly raced for a, a, for a horse of this standard. And I think that they could squeeze a little bit more progression out of him this season. Um, and I'm looking forward to see how he does. He sustained an injury last season. Um, Paul Taylor, who was on last week, had, has his 
half brother in training at the minute would we take care of uh, our own um, so maybe there's a slight sentimental value in that because I think he's going to be a superstar this year um, but I think Castleborn West at 40s I think the plan was going to be for the Gold Cup this, uh, last year before he sustained the injury I think he could be worth a, a nibble at a price um, what was the was it Kittle to Vic who ran in these colours as well? Yeah, good chaser. I, I was a bit in love with him as well at the time. Um, maybe, uh, once again, sentimental value, but at 40 to 1, he's, he's a horse I probably can't dismiss. Jim, quickly, one word, please, on Santina. Slow. That was nicer than I thought it was going to be. I'm, I'm, I'm in a generous mood. Were you not impressed by his by his productive spell on the flat where he was masquerading under the name of High Definition? <laughs> so that's why he stole my money at York. <laughs> Matt, where are you looking for the Gold Cup this far out? Um, probably. <laughs> they're probably the first two that were from last year again. Isn't yeah, they're the I right mean, two, aren't they? The right two, I think. Minella Indo is the horse you want in a gold cup in the Aplutar is probably classier than him. But Minella Indo thrives off the challenge and the unique test and battle that the Cheltenham Gold Cup provides, as we saw last year, even though Aplutar ran such a good race. You know, you can see it being Aplutar beats Minella Indo in the Lex or what well, the Savills chase now, the Irish Gold Cup. Yet Milena Indo comes and turns him over at, um, in the Cheltenham Gold Cup and goes and wins at Punchestown again or something like that. You know, Aplutar for me, love the horse. I think he's got so much, an abundance of class about him. And it's just a shame he seems to have to go to, have to go left handed because it sort of restricts his options slightly as to where he can go. But Milena Indo is, you know, the horse is just, just sort of screams Gold Cup contender the whole time. A bit like Albin Photo, really, in in his sort of... Well, I can't really even say he was in his pomp. He still, he still maybe, he still might have just had an off day last year, but that's sort of the mould of... He's not the, the classiest of all classes in the world, but he will go to Cheltenham and he will get that job done for you. Um, going back to, to an interesting one, I think it, I think the, the defection of Monkfish has sad, sadly been sidelined. You know, there's a lot of avenues being open for latest exhibition here. I thought that run in the, in the Irish Grand National was an absolute stormer as a novice. Um, I, I think he's so unlucky to have bumped into a into a superstar in Monkfish last year, but maybe his absence could could propel him on really a bit because we we never really got a gauge of how how good latest exhibition was behind Monkfish in the end because he was he was getting beat all the time. People sort of just casted him off. Maybe this is sort of an an affection talking really. If he, if he doesn't fire, you can always go down the hurdles route. But I still think there's a there's a highly talented horse still in there, and he's just not got the rub of the green as much as he's deserved to in in his career so far. And I'm praying it will change for him now. Uh, interestingly, you've got the Gold Cup market in front of you. I've got the King George market, and my word, you know that's Clunders Oboes is to lose, as, as is a lot of races in Britain away from. Away from Cheltenham, that you know the the, the Betway Bowl and, and the King uh, King George will just be his again. Really, I'm, I'm looking at the entry or the or the betting now. Sorry, Alaho, you know he he might Willie really doesn't really turn up with the King George horse unless it, you think it's a certainty. 
Allah, Votor, still got beat. Uh, Shantry House, don't know. Shishkin, no. Minella Indo, no. Frodon will be there. Interestingly, they've got Fakey Dudery and Fakir Dudery in the market as <laughs> well. So, uh, they might want to get that one sorted out, but that looks a, that looks a weak as hell race this year. And, you know, the, 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 there is, if there was three, you know, the early season or the first half season Irish sort of races for me would be Aplutar, the King George and, and the other British races would be Clanders Oboe. It's just so uneventful. And then the Gold Cup, you know, has to be Milella Indo because he's just, the horse is just, it's just the perfect race for him. There's no, there's no other way of saying it. He's the perfect horse for that race. Is is and I'm just going to ask about a horse who's not in the Gold Cup market. Whilst you're looking at the King George, because he, he, he caught my eye that he wasn't in here. Is secret investor in the King George market at all? That's what uh, I was going to say the same. Has, has everyone just decided that he's not, he's, he's, he's no good, and all his wins last season were a fluke? He is forty to one with Asterian Forlange, the great, the great lad. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think I'd back him at that price. But I just thought for a horse who won the Denman last season and won a good handicap at Chepstow. Beating beating Potterman who had a good season himself off off one five three, I, I found it surprising that he's not in the uh, in in the betting for the Cheltenham Gold Cup, especially with some of the names that are in there. I don't think I'd put him forward, but as you can see, you can see secret investor picking up races like the Charlie All again this season and potentially being a fringe player in the division come March. Uh, Look, my view is very, very similar to Matt. I think if you stick a tender on Manila Indo and a tender on Aplutar now, you'd probably make money. Uh, I can't see anything else that finished behind them this season really landing a blow. Although perhaps you'd give Royal Pagai another chance to improve his fifth place showing from this season still. You know, an upgrading horse last season, 50 to 1 for him, isn't the daftest each way bet I think you could see, but... Surely album photos had his chance, and I don't think there's anything else from from last season's renewal that I'd be particularly keen on. Shanty House was lucky to win two grade ones last season. I think Esplad de Rome would have beaten him had he stood up at Aintree. I think on Valen would have beaten him had he stood up at Cheltenham. Looks like he probably will want this trip, but I'm, I need to see more from him before I consider him a Gold Cup level contender. It only takes one win for on Violin. To be right back in the mix, so wins first time up, and he's what eight for the gold cup. Do you reckon he'll he'll rock it into favoritism if he does win? Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah I think I think he'll go fives. I don't think he'd go favourite above Manila Rindo, but I think he'd be he'd be a lot shorter. And I'm I'm happy to forgive Punchestown because he came back not right, and I say it's Punchestown. I, I find it a weird place. Well, it is a weird place. Did it look at some of the horses who've won grade ones there over the last few years? So, from an anti-post point of view, who do I look at and think there's the most potential upside to what the price will be in March? It'll be on violin. Which is a horse who I think has the most talent in the race? It'll be on violin. Am I convinced he's an out-and-out gold cup horse? No, but I think there's a possibility. So, he's probably where I might where I might land at this stage, even though I think the first two in the market are very, very, very solid. There are a couple at much bigger prices I'd be happy to give mentions to as well. I've backed at Cladaria at 66-1 to 1 Yes. for the Gold Cup. Uh, look, I, I just think there are circumstances, even if he doesn't have a particularly good season, 
there are circumstances that could see him very, very short in the betting. Well, maybe maybe 20s or 16s come March. He wouldn't have to do too much more for that to be the case. If, you know, if I'm honest, won his first two starts on very, very heavy ground in Ireland, beat Ascaria 10 and pencil for the lead in a good grade three at Nace. You know, that form looks good. Obviously, he wasn't really tested in the in the festival chase as a young seated. We weren't we didn't get to see what he was capable of. But there are the certain thing was poor though that day before he fell. Yeah, it was. It was, mate. But if if you look at how things could be in March, right, it's not completely inconceivable that it's it's very, very slow ground. He's the one horse there that, that's a massive benefit towards where it's it's probably a bit of a negative towards most of the others, maybe what by Native River. You know, he, he, just on the basis of that that could seem, you know, be 20 to 1 just if the ground's heavy. He's also a horse who's only had three runs over fences, two of which, the two he completed, were both very good. Not inconceivable that he wins grade threes and twos this season. I think he's a horse who, who if, he, if he turns up at, at Cheltenham, I can see him being, what, sub-16 to 1? Yeah, I, I don't think it would take much of him to do that. I agree. I, I, I was a big fan of him going into the RSA last year and it was sort of disappointing that he, he put such a poor round of jumping in. I, I think he's got a hell of a lot of ability. And like you said, he's a very, very big horse who quite clearly has needed soft ground. And like you said, this could be bang up his streak. He wins also, two races. Minella Rindo won last season. It's yeah. 16 or 20, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And they don't, take much winning. they don't take much winning. So, yeah, I'd say he's, he's barring a back my Drogo. Before Aintree at 40s for the Marsh. Ecladeria is the only other anti-post bet I've had so far at 66s. And I'm quite happy with that. Uh, the other one I'd like to mention, you and bet I've got 150 to 1 from Lieutenant Rocco. Uh, he's every inch of staying chaser. That'll be his game. He'll probably be a graded level staying chaser. I think he'll win the Labrooks Trophy if they want to go for that with him. Uh, that'll see him, what, 33s? It's not the silliest 150 to one shot I've ever seen. There are horses who are, you know, who are 40s. You know, the likes of Ellie May. I'd rather back Lieutenant Rocco than Ellie May for the Gold Cup each way. He's a horse I'm a massive fan of. Is, he, is there, can anyone see Native River in the in the Gold Cup betting? 50s. Ah. And also the other Tizard and the love of my life lost in translation. Anyone, anyone see him in the market? Nope, mate. No, he's not priced up. Getting priced up now. How much do you want on him, Jim? I, 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 I'm not willing to disclose that uh, live on air. <laughs> Anything more from you on the on the senior chases, Matt? Not particularly. I think we've I think we've covered them all really. There, haven't we? Um, interested to see what Mono Lee can do this season. He's coming back from an injury. Um, oh, he's, not in any bet. he's not in the betting for anything. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the... I don't know how he is at the moment, really. You know, it'd be interesting. I think it was a leg injury, wasn't it? It'd be interesting to see if he can come back from that. Um, I think, you know, one of the funnest horses of the game, seeing where the hell he'll turn up and cause carnage is Asterian Fulange. Um, that, that, that performance, he, he turned that handicap into an absolute mockery. At Punches Town, didn't he? And it was refreshing. So even though he, even though he still did jump quite right, that he put it all sort of nearly right on the day. Um, he might be one for the King George, really. Hopefully, hopefully they don't go. To, well, even even he ran a, 
a solid enough race at Cheltenham last year as well. So, gosh, I'd love to see, you know, Astor in full on. She won a grade A novice handicap chase by 14 lengths. Only only grade one performers do that, really. Um, I'd love to see him in a King George. That'll be my shout. Get Astor and Falange over here, cause, cause some Boxing Day carnage. Yeah, and uh, and also you mentioned Mon Lee. It just proves the Bromhead has got the staying chases by the absolute short and curlies. Like, he's got everything that he could possibly have. Manila Mindo, Apluta, and Voyal, and Mon Lee. Like, go to war with that. Yeah. Should be a big season for Henry. It was last year, but with all of his horses fit and with a full season with the likes of Quilixios and O'Reilly, it should be a, a proper, proper good year for Henry. What a man he is. Before we go, on to talking about some novice hurdlers. We'll have our next two members of the Turf Talk 12. We've got Luca Viscoliose and the Press Association's Adam Webb. Hello to everyone on the Turf Talk podcast. My horse to follow for this upcoming jumps campaign is the five-year-old chaser trained by Christian Williams and he goes by the name of Kitty's Light. Kitty's Light last season was a young progressive chaser who made several eye-catching performances, most notably at Wincanton in the Badger Owls Trophy when he jumped terribly. Just never seem to like the, the, the different jumps test that Wincanton is. It's a, jump, it's a track that can definitely bring out the best in the jumper, but also bring out the worst in the poor jumper. And Kitty's Light was always on the back foot that day, struggled throughout, but stayed on very, very eye-catchingly, despite being hampered to, uh, at third last when carried out wide by a faller. He sat on very well to finish fourth that day. He went to Kelso afterwards and won a very competitive staying chase that day as well, staying on very well on the Jack Tudor under a power pack ride to get up right in the shadows of the post. And then he went on to Sandown, and was a very, very unlucky loser in the Bet365 Gold Cup when he was coming to win the race, got wiped out, and his chance was gone, and he lost the race in the stewards' room. I think Kitty's Light this year is going to be a very successful staying chaser, possibly a Welsh national horse, maybe even in time a Grand National horse, although he's not the biggest, so I doubt Aintree would perhaps play to his strengths, but he stays all day. He's all stamina, and I think there's a big, big staying chase in him this season. He's only five years old, and it's hard to believe that after everything he did last year, that he's still only five, and he'll be six going into the new year as well. But he's my horse to follow this year, a staying chase on the up, and a staying chaser, definitely worth noting. William Mullins is an embarrassment of riches with regards to almost every division going in the National Hunt sphere. Novice hurdlers, novice chasers, star performers, you name it. Normally, I'd avoid going for a William Mullins horse, but... I feel he's got a really interesting one that could potentially go chasing in the shape of James de Burley. He was a very smart hurdler in France. He came over to Ireland at the start of 2021, ran in the champion hurdle, which was a test that was never going to suit him. But he ran OK to a point. He then stepped up on that massively when beaten by Classical Dream in the Stayers hurdle at Punchestown. I believe two, between two and a half miles and three miles is going to seem to a really good effect. He'll handle really soft ground as well. I wouldn't be shocked if he made up into a grade one chaser. He was narrowly beaten twice in his native France in grade one company. But I really feel as though switched offences, he's got plenty of experience jumping French style hurdles. So it won't inconvenience him. And I think he'll be a big player in the division throughout the campaign. For putting those horses forward. It's also worth noting as well, Liam Dye. His initial pick as well was Kitty's Light. I said, do you have an alternative because he's already in it? But we would have had two Kitty's Lights if everyone went for their first pick. So he's making his uh, return at Chepsol as well this weekend. The novice hurdlers then. Running through the odds for the Supreme first. 13-2, Sir Gerhard. 8 to kill Crot. 10 to John Bond. 12 cent for Lissien. 
20s classic getaway, Dice Art Dynamo, I Am Maximus, 25s Dark Raven and Gypsy Island. The Ballymore Kilcrutz 4s, Sigurhard's 14s, John Bond 16s, same place journey with me and no ordinary Joe. 20s Broomfield Berg, classic getaway, Off Your Rocco and 22s O'Toole. And for the Spud race, Kilcrutz 8 to 1, John Bond 16 to 1, 20 to 1 Dark Raven and Grange Clare West, and then 25 to 1, a whole host of horses. Uh, I can't be bothered running through them all at this time of night. Jim, I'll come to you first, mate. Who do you think was a superior horse last season out of Kilcrutz or Sigurhard? Good question. I think Kilcrutz is, is the better of the two. Um, I think the champion bumper wasn't run to suit. It's been mentioned many a times. Rachel Blackmore, Bride on Sigurhard was arguably inch perfect and stole the race away from him. Um, that clearly showed at Punchestown when Kilcrook bounced back um, and, and and beat Sigurhard fairly comfortably in the end. And like we said, all uh, podcast Punchestown's a question mark, but I, I, I think that might stay true to its form throughout the season. Uh, I think Kilcrook's the better horse. It'd be interesting to see how um, whether they they face each other at some stage of this season. I, I think maybe Kilcrut over two four uh, and Sigurhard maybe over two miles. But I'm I'm not. I don't think Kilcrut's short on pace. I just think Willie will want to keep them apart from each other. Um, I think the third in the race, uh, the second in the race at Punchestown um, that Kilcrut won or Tool. I think he's interesting going into this. That was a massive step forward, being bought by uh, Maneer and Swade uh, from the Crawfords. Uh, won very impressively in, a, in, in his bumper first time out at a big old price. And he, I thought he ran really well at Punchestown. And I think there could be a bit more progression to come from him. He's 33s for the Supreme. Um, but back to the original part, I think I think Kilcrook will be the better horse. I'm expecting him to probably be a Ballymore horse. Um, and, and they'll keep Sugar hard. In, over the supreme distance. Would you agree with that assessment, Matt? Well, I, I most certainly would, because I was gonna, I was gonna put up O'Toole as one of those that could sort of show drastic improvement this year. But I'm, I think he'd be, I think he'd be very much looking at the way he raced, uh, better up over over a trip. Really, I know he's he's related to a few sort of two mile hurdle and ch- two mile five hurdle and chase winners, a two mile seven hurdle hurdle winner. So, you know. The potato race might even be even be the one for him, given given the way he raced. Like, you know, I think it's hard to split Sigurd Hard and Kilcrut Still, really, I, I don't think it was Paul Townend's finest hour in the saddle in the in the in the champion bumper. And Derek O'Connor got the job done at Punchestown. It's it's going to be sort of ding dong between them again. But if if not, I could I wouldn't be surprised if we see sort of a a bit more of a shock this year in the Supreme if if, if one horse comes through. Which horse that is, I can't point my finger to it really at the moment. It's incredibly sort of open, open at this stage. I'm just trying to think who, I can't think about who who won the Aintree Bumble or who went close. I did like that Fruit and, and Nut who won at Bangor last week, but after speaking to Brian Hughes after the race, says he, he might be out for a little while, which is you know not nice. We hope he gets well soon. It's going to be interesting. It, as much as other people said differently, it doesn't feel like a vintage crop of of novice hurdlers we're going to get through. But hey, I'm, I'm here and hoping it's going to be changed. Um, 
Another one I'll put up probably in, in the mayor's hurdling division is I think every time she goes up in trip and, and could be sort of Roxana's heir to the throne for the skeletons is LA Bell. Um, she ran really well, really, in, in that champion bumper when just, just back, back at a crucial stage, really. Um, she's one that will probably run well in the mayor's novices hurdle, whether she'll win it. I don't particularly know. I think two and a half miles or three miles will be her her game in time. And yeah, there's a, there's a there's a there's a crown there to to fill at the skeleton yard now with Roxana's retirement, and she might just be that in time, and and pick up a few nice nice contests on on the way in in this division. I, I can't disagree with anything you've said. I I, I agree. I think Kilcrook was a superior horse to Segerhard last season. Kilcrook reminds me of of appreciating the same colours in the fact that. I think he's probably going to be as effective over three miles as he is over two. The Ballymore looks to be the sensible option for him at the minute. He's got a hell of a lot of pace, but he stays well. They've also got to go hard, who doesn't look quite as strong a stayer to my eyes. Although to be fair, I do think he'd be very. I do think he'd be equally as effective over two and a half. But to to me, I I think the cruising speed Kilcrut has would probably be seen to better effect over the intermediate trip for now. Uh, not not loads else I think is really worth mentioning. John Bonney's priced on his on his pedigree for everything, as impressive as he was winning last season. Dysart Dynamo, I liked what he did at Punchestown, I think it was, on his final start of last season. He's a very, very decent horse. And one, I'm going to put up a horse that I'm quite keen on. Seeing how he gets on in the Albert Bartlett. Because I'm sure this will be the target for him long term. Let's be clear about it. Who was runner-up to uh, Kilcrut at the Dublin Racing Festival, wasn't he? All the while, just looking like a horse who wanted as much of a trip as possible. Did that as well from the front, whereas we know it was a bit of a, a, a strangely run race. The only horse really to, you know, to be ridden in the first half of the field and stay there on that occasion. He won at Fairy House on his last start last season. He's only really been racing at two miles, but I'm sure he'll be wanting three in the in the not too distant future. I think he'll end up in the Albert Bartlett. If he's as good over hurdles as he was in bumpers, he'll probably be favourite for the Albert Bartlett. He's 33 to 1. A lot of the horses above him in the betting will surely run him one of the shorter races. So that's actually the the anti-post novice hurdle bet I'm keenest on. Is let's be clear about it at 33 to 1 in the spud race. Who'd have, nice. thought, who'd have thought we'd been putting spud race tips up already? We love it. I just I, look. I, I just think everything about him says three miler, three miler, one paced for a galloper, uh, and I, I guess it's the sort of thing. The sort of thing with Antipos betting as well is seeing who above who above them in the market won't run, and and for this you can already rule out. Surely Kilcrut won't turn up here. Sigurhard definitely won't. John Bon, they don't want him to be an Albert Bartlett horse, do they? So uh, you've got horses who above him in the betting, whose bumper form isn't as good as his. So, yeah, I, 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 I quite like him. I quite like him. Anything else on the novice hurdlers from you, Matt? 
Uh, I wouldn't say so at this stage. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a few nice ones come through the Aintree bumper, though. That form seems like it's already having a few of a... Uh, Getting a good, getting a good showing too, really, which is which is quite nice to see, really, because it's it's always seemed like an okay bumper and he's run around a, a fair enough track, really. Um, yeah, fruit and nut. Whether he he probably won't make the the top top division of, of novice hurdlers, but he might have a few nice sort of you know he might be a nice sort of novice hurdler to go handicapping with towards the end of the season. Um, just look at the ancient bumper horse, bumper race now. Nappers Hill won that, um, but he looks like he, he he'll be a, a a fine chaser in time, really. But apart from that, it's it's uh, it's an, again it's an exciting division because there's not one sort of bar John Bon who we actually haven't seen yet. So there's, there's nothing there. It's that's almost could be Animix 2.0 or 3.0 or 4.0 or whatever it is. It's nice, quite refreshing to go into the novice hurdling division without that sort of name that has been pinned onto the mast already, really. Yeah, all else from you, Jimbo? Uh, no, I think it will mention my uh, one of my novice hurdle fancies in the Turf Top 12. Oh, that's very, very interesting. Speaking of the Turf Top 12, let's add in two more. From two of our friends at the new The Jumps, the Jump Show, it's a new podcast and, and I think a YouTube video as well that we're doing together. It's Dan Overall and Willow Racing. Hi everyone, Dan Overall here with my horse to follow for the season. Uh, and that's going to be Overcourt, trained by Sandy Thompson, who was progressive over hurdles towards the end of the 2019-20 season, having consistently improved in novice company before winning a couple of handicaps towards the end of the season. But he did always look as if he would make a better chaser. And he made a very encouraging debut over fences back in October 2020. He jumped very well en route to a solid second place finish. And while good ground novice chasers at Sedgefield aren't often strong events, uh, this one actually was. The first has won again since, while the third, fourth, fifth and sixth have all since recorded victories over fences. And they are now rated 141, 129, 135, 132 and 135 respectively. Furthermore, the two and a half mile trip on good ground would have been on the sharp side for Overcourt, which makes his run all the more impressive. He was reportedly jarred up following that run, which is perhaps not surprising given his winning his car on soft to heavy ground. And we only saw him once more last season, where he finished fourth back over hurdles, but he shaped better than the bare result following a four-month absence. On the plus side, though, his quiet season last term means his novice status remains intact, and there should be plenty of opportunities for him. Bycourt cave out of a mare who won three times over trips in excess of three miles. Overcourt remains completely unexposed over staying trips, while his pedigree and run style suggest he should improve for a stamina test. Sandy Thompson is a very shrewd trainer, and he excels with his staying chasers. And since 2016, he has operated at a strike rate of 19% of his chasers running over trips at two miles, seven furlongs and beyond, which far exceeds market expectations. From a mark 120, Overcourt appears to be well handicapped and looks capable of winning multiple races this season, should he remain sound. He may even emerge as a contender for some of the regional nationals, with the Scottish Borders National a potential target given his trainer has won the race four times in the past six years. Sandy Thompson doesn't mind running a relatively unexperienced horse in these big handicaps, which is exemplified by Duke de Grisset last season, who only had three runs over fences before running in the Scottish Borders National, and he looked the likeliest winner before falling at the last. All in all, Overcourt appears to be a well-handicapped horse, and stepping up to staying trips over fences should be his bag. Hey guys, Willow here, back with another horse to follow for the Turf Talk pod. It was a very fruitful one for us last year in Dash or Drasher, and hopefully this one can do just as well. 
A left field horse this time round though, um, and one I'm sure many of you wouldn't have heard of, and that's Callum Moore for Amy Murphy. Well, they'll definitely have a good idea about where this horse can end up, given he's closely related to her stable star Kalashnikov. We have limited form to go off, given he's only once raced, and that was in a bumper, but he did finish second behind a potentially useful Nicky Henderson horse in Dodie the Great. Henderson has come out with a glowing report for this horse, saying he's one of their brightest prospects for the novice hurdling campaign. I urge anyone to go back and watch Calmore's run that day. He was as green as you like, and Jack Quinlan certainly earned his riding fee. Fingers crossed this one can go under the radar and win us a nice race. And Willow's pick there, Calmore, is 66-1 to 1 for the Ballymore. If you fancy following him in, he did really well last season, as he said, with Dashiell Drasher in the turf top 12. So let's talk about the novice chasers then. Starting with the Arkle. Currently betting free to one, appreciate it. Eight's Bob Ollinger with two L's. Ten's Bob Ollinger with one L. <laughs> Twelve for Fernie Hollow. My Drogo and Qualixios. Twenty's Goshen, Honeysuckle, Mon Miral. Twenty-five to one. Bar them. Moving down to find the Marsh Novices chase. Bob Ollinger is four to one. This He's only got one L in this market. Uh, sevens appreciate it. Eight's My Drogo. Ten's Classical Dream. Twelve's Gallop and Deschamps. Fourteen's Ashdale Bob. 16's Fernie Hollow, 16's Qualixios, 20's Craig Nish, Gaia de Meni, and James de Burley, who we've already had put in the turf top 12. Same price, Mon Miral. And Pink in the Park, who was a bump winner a couple of weeks ago, he's 20 to 1 for the Marsh with Bet365. Not sure whether anyone should take that. <laughs> and in the Festival Novices Chase, Galopin de Champ is 8 to 1 joint favourite with Galopin de Champ. <laughs> <laughs> and that's with Betway if you fancy backing a horse who doesn't exist at eights. Uh, my Drogo's 10s, appreciate it's 12s. Same price, Brave Man's Game, 14s, Vanillier, then Bob Ollinger, Classical Dream, Minella Drama, and Time Hill are all 25 to 1. Matt, I'll come to you here first. Two outstanding novice hurdlers last season in appreciating Bob Ollinger. Both of them look like they're going over fences. Who would you rather have? Bob Ollinger. Two words, that's all it needed. Absolute machine. He's an absolute machine. I thought the gears he had in that in that Ballymore last year, crikey. I've, I've never seen anything anything like that in, in that sort of race to, to do what he did from, from turning from home. And in fact, his jumping was over a hurdle was magnificent. If he can be that nimble over a fence, then wow, we are in for an absolute treat, really. He's a... He, he, he looked like he was racing around like it was Mario Kart. He was just at, at full throttle the whole way and, and look, looked so easy doing it. And if he can do that over a fence, which he probably will do, my word, he's going to be some some horse. You know, the marsh is going to be the one for him this year. So I do wonder if they'll just go straight to three miles with Appreciate, who looks, even though he showed plenty, plenty of speed in the Supreme, his galloping is where he was at his most ruthless. And then we sort of, Wait for them in the wings to clash in clash again in in time, possibly at Punches Town or something. But yeah, Bob Ollinger for me, that that horse is he's something else. He just smartened up with each run last season, and healthy. You know, if, we, if we're mentioning Bob Ollinger, we've got to mention Fernie Hollow as well, really, who's who's been confirmed to go chasing by the by the maestro this week, but. You know, what the hell is he going to be over fences as well? That's another really exciting element to this division. It's, it's always, the novice chasing division is always one of the best divisions 
and it will be for a long, long time in, in the jumps game. I would be staggered if appreciated doesn't run in the Arkle, if I'm honest. I think they, they kept him to two miles last season, even though he looked like he'll stay further. I don't see why they wouldn't do it again this time. The Arkle looks bad away from appreciate if you're looking down down the betting most of the most of the ones who are sub twenty to one look like they're gonna run in one of the races over further or stay hurdling. Like surely Honeysuckle isn't gonna win the Arkle. So you know her at twenty to one, come on lads. He's three to one but I think if he gets there it's, it's probably gonna be a very, very simple task. It might be as easy for him as it was winning the Supreme this season. I think they probably see Galapan de Champers there. RSA horse personally. I I don't I wasn't as well I'm not gonna say I wasn't as impressed by Bob Ollinger as you last season. You'd be daft not to be. But I can't, I got the feeling last year that no one likes to appreciate it, and I really like him. And I think that like that makes me like him more because I feel like I'm having to fight his corner all the time. I thought he was better last year than Bob Ollinger. I think Bob Ollinger has more potential to develop into the superior horse. But I, look, I, I think they were the second and third best hurdlers anywhere around last season behind Honeysuckle. And I'd have had appreciate it at number two, Bob at number three. Jim, what do you make of the, of the big two going over fences this season? It, this is fascinating discussion because I I love... Bob Ollinger uh, equally as much as appreciated and it's not like me to sit on the fence like this but going into this season over fences I think Bob Ollinger was more of a complete horse over fences so I'm looking to see where he can improve again upon that and uh, and obviously fences can bring that out in horses but I feel like appreciate it you, there was still there was always a little bit held in reserve where I still expected him to progress the further on his career. I felt like Bob Ollinger last season was a fairly complete horse. Like He knew his job. He was very efficient over his hurdles. He travelled well. Whereas appreciated, you felt like he always had to sort of work for whatever he, he was. Maybe not necessarily in the Supreme. I just felt like he needed to earn the respect of others. Whereas Bob Ollinger, he earned it in the, in the Nace race. The names escape me. The Lawlers of Nace. Um, he earned it in that but you felt like even in that even in running against Blue Lord he was a lot further forward in his career than he was Blue Lord um, so I'm I'm interested like like you said Lewis I think I quite like appreciating more because he's possibly more underrated than Bob Ollinger um, it, it's a fascinating division this for me I think appreciated will stay over two miles I think Bob Ollinger over two four will clash with my Drogo I'd love my Drogo entry. I think he's an absolutely beautiful looking horse who will absolutely adore fences. Um, so that that's an exciting clash. Will Willie keep Fernie Hollow and appreciate it away from each other or will they be taking each other on? I, 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 I personally don't know what, what to do with Fernie Hollow. I, I think I'd probably keep him at two miles and see see him and appreciate it, scrap it out. Um and and the three mile, I, I'm not exactly sold on Galapand de Champs yet. Everyone seems to be, and they've warmed to him straight away. But I'm looking for little pieces to pinch at him, at, and I'm not exactly fully sold on him yet. I'd be interesting to see um, how he goes over a fence. 
he's quite gangly and he needs to grow into that frame to be a three mile chaser for me. And if he does, uh, we won't see him until he's on a race course. That's, that's something that I, I'd be looking forward to see. Brave Man's games are a, a funny horse to place. Um, I think soft ground might be the key to him. Um, I, th- I thought it was fairly firm for him at Cheltenham. And early on in his career over hurdles at Newbury when he won the Challow and uh, the other novice hurdle he won prior to that, there were I, I felt like maybe the good. Have I, I'm just contradicting myself here because I've, I've messed up. But I, I feel like he needs soft ground because he's quite a top-heavy horse, and maybe the ground was slightly too quick for him at Aintree. I know it was uh, uh, Cheltenham and Aintree. I know it was good to soft. But I think he likes to dip his toe in, and I think the softer ground this year has could, depending on the weather, um, would suit him a lot more than quicker ground. And and Brayman's games a horse you certainly can't rule out, and I'd probably aim him for the for the three miler uh, for the festival novice chase. A, a fascinating division, and don't don't underestimate my Drogo, the the English challenger against the Irish. I love Matt Drogo. I, I say I mentioned earlier that I, 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 I thought he was the best novice hurdler in in this country last season after the Cheltenham Festival. I thought after Brave Man's game got beat, I came away from it thinking he's the top one in this country. Aintree confirmed that. I'm, I'm really happy with my forties. To be fair, for the marsh, just Bob Ollinger's presence scares me. I was hoping they might go Arkle route. I think that looks unlikely. But my Drogo should should he should arrive at Cheltenham unbeaten. Over obstacles, sure he doesn't lose until March. If he does lose at all this season, you know everything he's done over hurdles suggests he should be better as a chaser. Me and Jim saw him in the flesh at Aintree. He's massive. He's such a physical, absolute bull of a horse. Can't wait to see how he gets on over fences this year. He should be eating them for breakfast. Uh, Matt. I've not asked you about the three mile novice chase, obviously, with Gallop and Deschamps there at the Ted of the Betting, and my Drogo was second favourite. Jim spoke a bit about them both. Any opinion? Well, I think, previously said, and it may have, it may have slipped my mind about the Arca, but I, I still think appreciate it. I'd, I'd just like to see him over, over three miles. You know, give him a try. He's, he's, he's sort of, he's such a galloper, but obviously they're going to keep him at that, at that distance, you know. I think one of the sort of the conundrum horses really after winning the Challow hurdles so so impressively is is what do you do with Brave Man's game because ultimately on the face of it he was disappointing that both Cheltenham and Aintree um, well can I jump in there because I was listening to uh, the stable tour of Paul Nichols on the Betfair podcast that Kevin Blake did Uh, it's really good listen to be fair if, if, if anyone wants to and Paul was saying on that that after the Ballymore, he couldn't believe that anything was able to beat Brave Man's game. He said Brave Man's game ran unbelievably well. He gave him such a good feel, and he couldn't believe that there was a horse like physically capable of doing what Bob Ollinger did, given the feel that Brave Man's game gave him. Like that's some endorsement for Bob. And also Gaia Dumanil as well to finish ahead of him. Yeah. He's a little bit of a forgotten horse this season. I put I put on about him on Twitter. He's you know he's like forties for the Arkle, and I think he's a sort of horse that could run in all three. To be fair, and I think he'd be kind of second string for all three. 
But I I like him, mate. He's a horse I'd I'd be very keen on wherever he went this season. If you know, if you can get a market up for you know, maybe I mean, look, it's, it's not a market that exists, is it? Each way, any race at Cheltenham. But he's 25, 25's for the uh, for the RSA. 20's for the Marsh, 40's for the Arkle. His hurdling form suggests he's better than that price for all three. Yeah, I can put you, I can, I can give you a, a tip of, um, I can give you a novice chaser that will win the Scottish Grand National this year. Oh, go on. Ahoy, senor. Oh, I was going to mention him because he's my one for the RSA. I, I think he's, he is a ruthless gallop, but he's a proper, he's a proper Brindisi Breeze 2.0. He's a, he's got a bit, he is, he's, he was so unexposed going into that Angie race and you know, he made a mockery of his odds. And looking back on it, there were, there were, there were ties there that could have, could have seen him, seen him being sent off at such a, a less price, but he's a proper, Made all, he's a, he's a, got a Scottish national or some big, big handicaps and then graded proper top class races in his name. I really do like him and I think that he's in no better hands with Lucinda, to be honest with you, than the, what, what else would you rather want, really? She, she's an absolutely fine trainer for those type of horses. A high senior is going to love the ugly races. Yeah, he will do the dirty. And they don't come much uglier than the RSA. I, I think 40 to 1 for him. He's the one that stood out to me at the prices from an anti-post point of view. Because he was a massive prize at Aintree. I'm not sure whether some people thought it was a little bit of a fluke. But you look at the bat form. In fact, he was 66 at Aintree. You look at the bat form. I don't think it was a fluke at all. He's a proper, proper, proper animal. Uh, can't wait to see him do it. Over fences this season. But one one more horse I'd just like to mention before this I throw this back up and uh is a horse I was very keen on the first half of last season. He didn't run in the second half. Evan Williams of Stargate's forty to one for the RSA. I'm not recommending him as a bet, but I liked him early last season. Obviously things didn't go to plan for him when he was beaten by Brave Man's game in the Chalo. I think he's better than that. Evan Williams has seemed very, very happy to take the time with him. He's just one who I, I kind of feel like might be a little bit of a forgotten horse coming into this season. And these small, you know, forerunner graded novice chasers, if they want to go down that route, I can see him picking up a couple of grade twos. You know, he was really, really, really good on debut. Going into going into Christmas, I'd have said he was the best novice hurdler in Britain, if I'm honest. Uh, so it didn't happen for him after that, but not one, not one I'd completely give up on. Other horses, Jim, we've not spoke about who look likely to be going novice chasing this season. You landed a right touch for us on the pod with Vanille in the Albert Bartlett last year. 14s for the festival novice chase. It was a bad Albert Bartlett though, wasn't it? Yeah, I, it was a scrappy sort of race. and um, They're the sort of races that I quite enjoy trying to find a bit of value in. And Vanille was, I thought he'd run with a lot of credit in, the, in his previous races and uh, maybe the, well, the, the sort of slog that the potato race is really suited him and, and the National Chase would probably be a suitable place for him to go I, I don't think he is a top class chaser and, and the Festival Novice Chase probably won't be the best idea and, and probably the National Chase would be bang up his street but there's other slow boats in that as well it's, a, it's always a funny sort of race the National Chase um, but 
I, I think he'd go well there. Run wild, Fred wins the national launch chase, don't he? Uh, no. Okay, fair enough, Jimbo. <laughs> well, one of his chases from you, Matt. Uh, I will put up my the one for the for the turf talk to follow for the season in in do your job. Um, obviously, he's got some cracking form lines for a horse who. who He's obviously he's he's a bit of a late bloomer being a seven year old already. Um, forming in with the likes of the formerly mentioned Brinkley, even over hurdles, uh, Metier, etc., etc. He's a my Drogo as well. He's run really credibly then, and then stepped up again in the in the oh, I can't think what the two mile grade ones called at Aintree nowadays. One of the the top novices hurdle behind Belfast Bands. So obviously is a Bit of, bit of questioning the form with how Belfast Band has performed since, but you know he was he was one on the quarter lengths ahead of Dusart, who was being spoken about as one of again one of the next big things for Nicky Henderson over fences this year. But do your job, like my Drogo is a massive horse, like he's a bull, he's like top of the game's bay twin, and whatever he did over hurdles, he's going to improve another stone over fences, you know. He, hopefully he can turn up into a into a top class performer, potentially over two and a half might be might be the one for him. Maybe even that uh, deep deep well the now moved two and a half mile novices limited handicap chase, which has such a good record that's now at Sundown for some god knows reason, might be the one for him. But even on his pedigree, stepping up in form is he's going to uh, stepping up in trip. Sorry, he's going to be doing far better things. Uh, and he might just he might take a few people by surprise this year and get a lot closer to those to those top ones than people suggest. And it's not every day you hear. I spoke to Michael Scudamore very early on last season, saying this is the best horse he's ever had. Um, and he doesn't have many one hundred and fifty thousand pound purchases from the Doncaster sales. And I think with a, a shrewd operator that Michael is, you you have to sit up and take notice of that really. Um, and I'd love to see him go on and. Uh, whether that win a big handicap or a novice's handicap or, or even better, I think he's one you, you've got to keep on side of. I like that shout, mate. I like that shout. Another horse for the turf top 12 there. Do your job. Jimbo, anything more from you, pal? That's all from me. Thank God for that. Uh, one more just for me, who I think could be a, a threat in the mare's chase is Gin Online. I watched her win at Clairefontaine before she came over to Ireland and I thought, this is a right weapon. I then she did absolutely nothing as a juvenile hurdler. I got, I, I was so gutted. The first time I've been at, like, just watching, you know, random French racing on a day and I think, this, this horse is, this horse has done this really well. And then you see it turn up for Henry de Bromhead and you think, oh, come on, come on, triumph horse. Did absolutely nothing, but this summer, been that been properly, properly thriving since going chasing four wins, including in the Tipperary Grade Three last time out. She's fourteen to one to win the mares chase. Ellie Mays the one they've all got to beat, but like second favourites Mount Ida. Judging by judging by the Kim Muir, how badly outpaced will she be over two and a half miles? You know, put the kettle on, we're going to run in the Champion Chase. Then you've got the likes of Annie Mack. Damned a company who we still don't really know what you know whether she's a chaser or a hurdler. Scarlet and Dove, who's a horse I have a lot of time for, and, and you know did really well last season. But she was beaten in a handicap of one forty at Punchestown with a seven pound claimer on board. You know, 
it's going to be a bad race that, you know, without the mighty Cole Reavy, who's now retired to the paddocks. So, Gene Online, maybe as a novice chase, it could be one uh, to keep in mind come the festival. I'd say she'd be running in the mare's chase for my money rather than up against the boys. But that has that already has a look of a race that's going to be very, very, very weak this season. And she'll, she'll definitely be shorter than 14 to 1 should she turn up. That's fair enough. It's a it's a race I will refuse to bet on, and it's it's a protest race, so I'm I'm, I'm I have no opinion on the mayors. No, it shouldn't it shouldn't be there. It shouldn't be there, really, should it? We all want the novice handicap back. Uh, it's a nightmare that it doesn't happen, and I'd have already found the winner this season as well, because it would have been any news. Anyway, before me, Sen and Jim reveal our turf doctor of horses, we'll have our final two. From our friends, Chiefly Park Studs bumper expert Ed Priest and the final member of the Jumps Racing Team, Jake Price. Cheers, lads. Thanks for having me back. Predictably, I'm going to give you a horse who was running in bumpers last year that made a big impression on me. He's trained by Sam Thomas and goes by the name of Good Risk at All. Now, he got beaten on uh, debut, but I think we can excuse that for an early season sighter. And finishing second in a race with five other subsequent winners is no mean feat. He was cast into a listed company the next twice. First of all at Cheltenham where he's done absolutely nothing in front. And you can just watch his ears in the final furlong to see that he's doing very little. And nor does he need to to win. Next time at Newbury he's won an extremely hot race that was running a really good time. And once again he's pricked his ears at the line suggesting there was still more in the tank. Overall, I think he rates a really exciting prospect who, if capturing the same level of form, he can take high order among the novice hurdlers this season. Hello guys, Jake Price here, and my horse to follow for the upcoming season is Jack Barber's One-Upmanship. Now, this six-year-old has always looked like a chaser from the very first day we met him back in November 2019, uh, where he had a good season in bumpers before then having wind surgery, and last year returned to have a season in novice hurdles. Um, so he started off his season with a good second behind Metia, who obviously went on to win the Grade 1 Tolworth, so that's top form. Um, he then placed behind Lord of Karak, who's a 127 horse. He then placed in a handicap behind Sizable Sam, who obviously was a horse that was in the turf to, turf to follow last year. Um, and he's a 131 horse and is another type that looks good for this season. Um, he disappointed on heavy ground in February, so he's one to err on the side of caution if it is bottomless. Um, but he went and won his maiden hurdle at Foslas in April when he stepped up to two mile six furlong for the first time, uh, which he was entitled to do because was, he was the best horse in the race. But he's only rated one, two, three, which I think is really interesting for novice handicap chases this year, and stepping up and trip is obviously going to help him. Um, going chasing as well, I think, is really going to bring out the best of him. And not this season, but the season after, I think he'll develop into a local national type. Uh, so something like the Devon National might be a target for him because Jack Barber does really well at Exeter. Um, but yeah, good luck for the season, everyone. So, Jim, it's just me and you to go with the Turf Talk 12. I'll let you begin. Who are you going for? Uh, the horse I am going to be going for is the Kim Bailey trained uh, former bumper winner and point-to-point winner, King Tara. Um, five-year-old was very, very impressive at Warwick on soft ground over two miles, um, having been bought uh, from a point-to-point when being with Mel Rowley. Um, it was given the, the classic David Bass treatment that we saw a hell of a lot last season and, and really asked for it all throughout the race. And the horse kept finding 
um, the form of that race, the third has won, the sixth has won, um, and the Tizard horse in behind held in quite high regard as well. I think it's Sherborne, he's called. Um, I, I can expect him. Lewis talked about uh, one for the Albert Barlet. I think he could be the sort of type that could grow into that, a, a proper Kim Bailey scrapper. Um, and I, I think he could be making up into a graded horse. The form of the point to point is nothing special, but the, the manner of the victory at Huntingdon was, was very, very impressive. Uh, he's a horse of, I think could go to the to a, a decent level this season. Um, I'm presuming some novice uh, novice hurdles to to kick procedures off, and probably a low profile at, at little meetings, uh, probably like similar to Warwick, where he made his uh, bumper debut um, somewhere like that before going on to bigger fish to fry at Christmas time. Uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing him and how he goes this season. Fair enough, Jim. I like that. A lovely little once raced under rules bumper winner. I kind of struggle with my horse this year. If, you, if you'd have asked me for last season, I could probably have listed about 10 that I had in consideration. But I, I was looking for a fair few weeks before I found one. I kind of thought, yeah, I'll, I'll go for him. I kind of think a lot of the dark horses that could have been going into this season as dark horses kind of exposed themselves last year. The likes of Gentleman de Mayen and, and Esquad de Rome. Every man and his dog knows about now. Uh, so this, this horse definitely isn't a dark horse. He might be on the lighter side of grey even. Uh, but it's Paso Doble of Paul Nichols. He's a horse I liked on the flat. Uh, took him a while to get going, really, on the flat. He actually made his debut in the five furlong maiden uh, right early in the season. Won by Monarch of Egypt last year. It was obviously last in that. Uh, at, back at Nace but stepped up in trip uh, second half of 2020 he won twice including where he beat the, the listed winning Laf- uh, Lafayette at Fairy House bought for 125 euros out of the Bolgiard into Paul Nichols has made his debut in the Adonis uh, with a fine third obviously Tritonic was far too good for everything else on the day but Paso Doble was closing the gap between himself and the second with every stride on the way to the line. Fairly decent horse in fourth as well in John Locke, who was another smart animal on the flat and showed some promise in two, two graded novice hurdles last season. Paso Doble, Paul Nichols said about him that if he won the Adonis, they were going to pitch him straight into the triumph, but if not, they were going to retain his novice status into the season, so that's what they've done with him. He won at... Uh, Kempton in May, quite a good race as well, beat Bombix, who's a semi-useful animal of Lucy Wadhams. He won at Huntingdon in March last season and then was pitched into the, the grade one novice hurdle at Aintree. He had a £10 claimer on that on that day as well, and Voice of Calm, who was a, a fairly useful horse as well, of Emma Lavelle's a next-time-out winner. And Pasadobo, I, I was just really, really taken by the way he, you know, he kind of attempted to make all... He was having a look around. He didn't really fully know what he was doing. And kind of on the home straight, those two nearest pursuers pretty much drew level with him. But he was just given a little tap by Bryony after the last, and his turn of foot settled the race really, really quickly. Come, You know, proper, proper coming away at the finish. Stayed, what, 14 furlongs on the flat. So he'll get further than two miles over jumps. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's running in the Persian War tomorrow. So even if he was 
a little bit of a dark horse this season. He probably won't be by the end of tomorrow. I, I hope he wins it. But it's just a horse I'm, I'm very, very enthusiastic about his chances as a hurdler. His opening mark as well was 129, which I thought he'd be an absolute shooing off. And that, that was kind of going to be my angle until I saw him declared on Friday. Uh, it's a lose-lose situation for me. Because if he wins, he's not a dark horse anymore. And if he loses, I'm an idiot. Uh, but pass a doble. I like that. Lump on tomorrow. As positive as ever. Wouldn't have it any differently. Oh, I So I'll just run through the turf top 12 finally once again. I've gone for pass a doble. Jim's gone for Quintaro. Our good friend Paul Taylor has gone for Killer Kane. Matt's gone do your job. Liam's gone Southfield Harvest. James has gone the Gossiper. Luca's got Kitty's Light. Adam's got James de Burley. Dan's got Overcourt, Willow's got Calmore, Ed's gone good risk at all, and Jake has one-upmanship, Adam Alter, whatever track you use if you use them. Uh, Jim, Matt, thanks for being with us, lads. Uh, always a pleasure, always a pleasure. Can't wait for the season to get going, really cannot wait. It's, it's here, boys, it's here. Oh, up the jumping horses. Jim, thanks for being here, pal. No problem. Thank you for hosting and, and hopefully this has whet your appetite for the upcoming season. Chepstow this weekend. It's not long till the Charlie Hall. Always oh, nearly time. Thanks to rating the races as well for the continued support. Uh, we'll see you all again very soon. Thanks for tuning in. See you soon. Stay safe.